What's going on, Starfire Nation? Welcome to uh, the second edition of the SA Podcast. Last week, we got 300 plays. That's about the entire high school, so I just wanted to say thank you for everybody that listened in. I mean, it's been a lot of effort that we've been putting in here, and it's nice to see that people are actually listening to it, so that's a good thing. So uh, we'll start you off with some sports. Take us away, Josh. Yes. So Friday, tonight, a boys basketball versus Southern Wells at the Stardome. It is snow coming night, so after that, the fifth quarter is going to be in the, I think, middle school gym. It's $2 to get in and just have some fun. Yeah, and that is the Southern Wells game is known. It's notorious for being the most quintessential game of the year. Definitely. A lot is at stake for these South Adams people. All right, so Saturday, sectional wrestling at Jay County, and we also have a boys basketball game versus Canterbury at the Stardome. We have two days in a row that you can go and watch some live sports. That's crazy. It is. It's not going to happen often. <laughs> no. And next Wednesday, the sophomores have a CTE field trip. So if you're a sophomore listening, make sure you prepare for that. And if you're not, too bad. All right. And now we have our voting results. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. We get the claps in here. Mm-hmm. So... We don't actually have the voting results, but we have early polls, and the early polls are showing that Shellius is going to get a win. Um, we have in second place, we had Hendog. Um, in yes. third place, we had Dr. Lehman. And yes. with the biggest upset, even though he's been putting in a lot of time campaigning, it doesn't seem to be showing off. Mr. Dysinger fell into last place in our poll. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Roby wasn't included. Roby's not really campaigning. He's a third party, so there's not really much of a chance for him anyways. But, um, yeah. All right. I'll take you into the next segment. All right. I'm here with Sergeant Wes Haight, SRO, School Resource Officer for the Burn Police Department. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Um, uh, so why don't you just give us an intro, a little bit about yourself, um, stuff like that. Well, you already stated my rank and name, so that's about all you really need to know because the rest of it's pretty awesome. But, no. Um, on a serious note, um, I am the school resource officer for South Adams, and uh, I've been here since uh, August, I guess it has been. And uh, prior to that, I worked um, for the drug task force for about 10 years, um, part of my responsibilities with the Burn Police Department, amongst other things. Um, so it was a big change switching over to working in the school. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. but it's been it's been crazy awesome since then. So. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to start off. Why did you become a cop? It's our first question for you. Um, well, it's kind of a long story, so I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. All right. Um, got in trouble when I was a kid, um, juvie, all that stuff, you know, and then my mom gave me like 200 bucks of her last money to throw me out here to Indiana mm-hmm. with my aunt, and then through her I went to start going to church, and I met, uh, he ended up being my brother-in-law, uh-huh. but he was a police officer. So he was kind of like my father figure. I didn't have a dad growing up. So yeah. he was he was like my dad in life. So I wanted to be like him. And he acts just like me. So yeah. I, it was like an easy fit. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's how I that's how I um got introed into the game, I guess. His name's Eric Beer. Uh-huh. He's actually a chief deputy for the sheriff's department. You might have seen him around here a few times. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Then uh I was reserved for about four or five years, worked at the jail, um, did a few other things to kind of get myself into the, mm-hmm. into the game, you know, and, what's, uh, what's been your favorite position so far, like throughout all of your years? 
since you've probably been through a lot. Well, honestly, you're probably gonna chuckle, but it really like being here at the school has been pretty awesome. Really yeah. was. Like, I think the students here are amazing. Uh-huh. Like, I literally wake up wanting to come to school, wanting to hang out with the kids. Yeah. And um, and the biggest thing was, like, I mean, it was just, like, 10 years of doing I've been on for 13 years, but uh-huh. last few years it's been just, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it anymore, you know, so I was yeah. looking for a change. And it was crazy work. It, it came with just hanging out with a bunch of awesome students, you know, and it's been, it's been the great, I don't know how many months it's been five months now. So it's been fantastic. So, so, uh, what advice would you give, I guess, for kids just in general, just general good advice that you want to give to anybody? Um, I think just be yourself, you know, I mean, you probably look for some law enforcement quote or something. I don't got one. I think, I think all you guys are pretty cool, really. I mean, and that's not, I'm not just saying that to be like, um, uh, for all hugging moment or anything, you know, yeah. but really like just be your own self and, and be your own personality. Everybody's character is, is awesome. I think is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, I learned that when I was young. I mean, I was always like how I am now. I was just carefree and just having a good time. And yeah. you know, I didn't care whether less someone liked me or didn't like me, you know, uh-huh. it wasn't gonna hurt my feelings none. And so it seemed to work for me. And, and I, I would, I would recommend that all students be that way. I mean, don't care what people think about you. Be your own person, you know, and just sell it. Yeah. Go and out there, work it. You know, I can say as uh, being a student here that I see you a lot in the hallways, and that's a good thing. Sometimes uh, coming from another school, a lot of the time that we had a school resource officer, and he was kind of more off to the side, uh, more focused on, like, the work. And we had mm-hmm. a, in the school that I came from, we had a big drug problem. Yeah. And he wasn't very friendly with the kids and stuff like that. And it's nice coming here and seeing that you still take the job seriously and, you know, that it's a good thing that you're around the students and that you're still friendly and that you still find time to talk to the kids. And uh, I think that that's a really good thing. That's cool, man. I mean, and that's what I, I mean, that's why I was brought here for, you know, there was a lot of teachers and parents and even students and my own family that said I should come in the school. And I thought, man, I don't know, like 1200 kids. I don't know if my personality is going to work in there. And they're yeah. like, no, they're going to love you. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, my own two kids sometimes don't like me. Yeah. So, but it was like week one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I knew, I mean, I was in love with you guys from like, you know, like day two. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's taxing, but I mean, I, always, I told everybody when I came in here, I'm not going to be an office guy. I'm going to be out in the classrooms, talking to the kids, hanging out with the kids building rapport. So whether they're age of four or 18, they can come up, give me a hug, high five, say whatever they want to ask me whatever they want to. Yeah. Um, I'm an open book. Everybody knows that. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And, and hopefully it's a good relationship for years to come. Yeah. Would you have any advice to, uh, we'll, we'll end on this. You have any advice to give to the kids that, uh, that are going to cause any trouble in the school? (laughs) Um, uh, don't make me be that cop you just talked about, but I will if I have to, you know, and you know, we, I caused trouble when I was in school. I yeah. get it. So, you know, I'm cool with it. I just, I'm just make sure that trouble doesn't uh, jeopardize the safety and security of the school. Cause then I will have an issue with it, you know, yeah. cause, cause you guys do matter to me as do the teachers and administrators and stuff. So that's my utmost job is to make sure you guys are coming to school can hang out learn stuff and not feel be threatened by nothing, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what I, I aim to do. So as long as we don't get to that point, I think we're cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. All right. Thank you. Right. Yep. Vito's Lawn Care, your grass, our gas. 
We offer compatible prices with free estimates, friendly staff, and top quality mowing and landscaping. We also offer, with our winter months, plowing and snow removal. $5 off for service when you mention this podcast. Terms and conditions may apply. Call us at 260-849-3024. All right, so uh, you guys voted. We got the topic box. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough debate. We have Sammy and Crooch here, and I'm accompanied by my quote unquote co-host slash bodyguard in case things get physical. <laughs> um, Jacob Platner, thank Thanks, you guys Jack. for coming in. Thanks for having me, Jack. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess we'll just start off. Just give a a, a short a short what you stand for when it comes to the minimum wage. So go ahead, Sammy. I believe we should increase it because the last time we increased it was in 2009 and that was about 10 years ago. And that's the, that was the longest uh, interval without increasing it since it was created about 80 years ago. All right. Crooch. Crooch. I think we, I don't think we need to increase it. I think it's perfectly good what it is federally, but states is a whole different other issue. Okay. So, um, Sammy, I know that we've talked about this prior, just me and you, um, just in conversation, you don't believe in raising it to $15 an hour, but you believe to raising it to where it's actually livable? Yes, uh, such as uh, $11.62 an hour. All right, Crooch, what do you have to say about that? you think that's too high? Federally or state? Um, that's federally. I think federally it's high because you don't need to be making 11.62 when it doesn't cost you that much to live in a certain area. Okay, so you think that 7.25 is a that's a good number. That's just a good number for everybody to live off of. Federally, yes, but states it needs to be changed for the states. Yes, states so. need to be need states need to have it adjusted to where they can have people livable on it in certain states. Mm-hmm. I think we need like a benchmark federally and then another benchmark for states. Mm-hmm. Or just get rid of the federal benchmark and have the benchmark for states. Don't you think that companies can take advantage of that and underpay their workers for what they're actually doing? Yes, and that that also needs to be adjusted because some of the fines that the companies can face aren't all those big companies who would be do that aren't really there. It's not really worth the fine. It's just like a slap on the wrist. So I think if we need to increase also increase the fines that they actually do to find minimum wage. Okay. So let's say you're earning minimum wage, working 40 hours a week. Like we said, we talked about this dis- uh, before. You're earning about 15 grand. You're telling me you can live on 15 grand in any state in the United States a year. If you, you don't really need to eat out of fat, re- nice restaurants. You can make I, I guess so Hawaii. I guess this is a better question. <laughs> is in the poorest state in America, so think about like the poorest of people. Can you still, can you live and raise a family on $15,000 a year? People do it now, so I'm saying um, it might not be the nest, nicest comfortable living conditions, but it's still livable. I don't think that everyone needs to have to have, like, basically, like, have to be living in, like, a mansion, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, to be living in, like, a big, big, nice house. I think if you live in a decent, nice decent, uh, nice house that mm-hmm. actually warm keeps you warm, keeps you safe, like what a house is designed to do, I think that's perfectly fine. But a point that um, Jack made earlier is that people who don't work and live off of welfare make thirty or are given thirty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and they get and free food with food stamps. Yeah, so, and they can also in that same position they can still get extra stuff. There's grants that the government gives out to where you can get upwards if you like went on and just spent all your time applying for government grants. You can make upwards of fifty grand a year just going and sitting on your computer and not going to work. So what I'm asking is like 
don't you think that a minimum wage of seven twenty five, where people are making fifty thousand dollars a year, versus people who don't work and make thirty thousand dollars a year, don't you think that'll um, not encourage, but like increase the rates of unemployment in America? People that don't want to work. I think, but with that, I think that we need to not make wealth. We need to actually investigate people who are on welfare and actually do withdraw disability to make sure they actually can't work. Or they're just lazy people sitting on their butts. So, Sam, what do you, what do you make at McDonald's? Um, I used to earn like minimum wage, but the last two months it's been seven seventy five. Okay, seven seventy five. And do you think that even adults, like even adults, get paid relatively the same, or do you think it's you get paid more at McDonald's because you're an adult? Or? Um, it all really has to do with like your availability availability so let's say if you have open availability which means that you can work any day if they call you in you go in then you're going to start around like nine okay yeah all right um with that so my thought is um just with the welfare and the minimum wage thing i think that um a solution that i've heard before that doesn't get brought up a lot with welfare and working is that um a lot of the time people that that are drawing welfare can still work. I think that the fact is, is that my dad actually brought up this point. He says, if there's so many government jobs and there's so much stuff that needs to get done for the government, if we can create a program to where they can still draw welfare, still get their $30,000 and stuff a year and still have a somewhat comfortable living as people do when they're on welfare, they should still have to show up and go to work somewhere, whether that be construction, um, whether that be anything, um, is I think that just showing up, I think that if you want to draw welfare, you should at least have to show up somewhere on a daily basis and do your eight hours and do your 40 hours a week. Even if you're handicapped, you can still, there's yeah. still jobs out there for you. Um, what's that? I'm trying like to think you can of, unless you're meant to uh, be like an IT person and sit on a desk and like solve computer problems or like most of those things, most of those hotline numbers that we have probably all called at least once our lives. Yeah. Is like people look up an issue and they actually just read off a script on a computer, yeah. or like they have scripts to read. Like all of those telemarketers things are just scripts to read. Yep. So all I right. mean, like you can really just do that. All right. So we'll we'll end things off here. Sammy, do you have any closing remarks? Actually, none. None. All right, Crooch. Any closing remarks? Yes. Um, I would just like in 2016, a company called Delight, which is one of America's top accounting firms in the world, did a research that said that. 59% of the time, the reason companies leave America to outsource to outsource to different countries is because they're trying to cut their costs. And I think that raising the federal minimum wage will increase the num will increase the 59% to maybe even like 75%. Did you do um, Jeff Lehman's crap test on that information? No. <laughs> Was it a reliable source? Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, we're just going to end things off here. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Yep. Thanks, Jack. Busted Half is the first indoor urban axe throwing facility in Wells County, Indiana. We're located on the corner of West Market Street and South Johnson Street, just west of the Wells County Courthouse in downtown Bluffton. We offer one-hour throwing sessions for $17.95 for an individual $14.95 for students K through 12 and senior citizens, and a 12 and 12.95 for active military and first responders. We also offer a 30-minute fun throw for $10, regardless of age. And for the next third 90 days, if you screenshot this podcast and show it to one of our experts, you'll get $3 off the price of an hour throwing session. 
you can call us at 260-824-4777. Okay, we're here this week with uh, Random Acts of Kindness. Hannah's going to bring you uh, an act of kindness every week that we see throughout the school, something good going on. Uh, what do you have for us this week, Hannah? Well, last week and this weekend, so we have two random acts of kindness. All right. So last weekend, Olivia Bergman helped out um, Sophia Taylor at lunch, and she sat with her and helped her out. Yeah. And then this weekend, Callie Patch went around Burn and scraped snow off of the stop signs. Public so, safety. Yeah. It's an important thing. Got to help them out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hannah. Okay, I'm here with the girls' basketball team. Um, I'm here with Mrs. Carroll, Lydia Loshi, and Kelsa Ortiz. Um, how's it feel to be here, guys? Amazing. Honored. I'm honored. <laughs> awesome. All right, so my first question is for Mrs. Carroll. How are you preparing for sectionals on next Wednesday? Um, right now, we're trying to get the team to focus a little bit more, not let outside distractions distract. Um and that means like finding the open person, creating opportunities for you and your teammates. Um, we're also trying to work as a team for the whole game. We can, we've done it, you know, we'll go one, two or three quarters, but we've never been able to do it all four quarters with a consistency. Um, so, I mean, those are things we've been working on all season, but mm-hmm. hopefully by the end of the season, before sectional gets here, we can pull it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to do better on our defense, moving our feet, um, need to get our shots to drop too and yeah. making those quality shots. It's important. All right. So Lydia, how do you plan to flip the script next Wednesday? Um, we're basically like next Wednesday could be my last game. So like, I just like, everyone knows that. So like everyone's playing for each other, not just me. We're playing to win. And like, even if we do win, like it's going to be like, it's a tough section all this year. So, um, we just got to, we lost to them by like, what, 30 points last the first time we played them. But, um, I say we've improved a lot since then and we just have to have the right mentality. And like Carol said, you got to stay focused. Yeah. All right, so Kelsa, my question for you is uh, what's been your favorite memory playing basketball so far? Um, I think (laughs) my favorite memory is probably my freshman year. We were at the layman's house. They had food for us after a game, and it was buffalo chicken dip. And Shea Bowman and Maddie Worcester were sitting on top of me, and I was yelling, you got to get off. You got to get off. I'm about to throw up. And they're like, oh, no, no, you won't. I threw up right there, a vibrant orange, like neon orange. Dr. Lehman comes downstairs. He's looking around. He sees on the floor, and he's like, did the dog throw up? <sighs> nope, that was me. <laughs> My sorry. Should have said it was the dog. <laughs> it looked like dog throw up. <laughs> yeah, could have gotten away with it. All right, so I have a question for both Lydia and Kelsa. Is uh, What's your guys' favorite TikTok? Um, my favorite TikTok is shout out to Kristen Wynn. She just posted a new TikTok, so go check it out. It's my favorite. Um, I'm a fan of the TikToks that go like, oh, no, I think I'm catching feelings. Like, I, I, I find them funny. Mrs. Carroll, do you have a favorite? I'm still waiting on the one from my accounting class that was going to do one. Oh, yeah. Is that accounting class still a thing? Um, we're, we've... 
Downsized. Downsized. We've eliminated those that didn't complete the assignment. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, well, um, I'll end on this note. Who are you guys voting for for snow coming? That's not even a question, because, like, Josh Hendrickson, all the way. And Lynn Carroll. Lydia? Yeah, since Mrs. Carroll's sitting right next to me, <laughs> it's her. I'm voting for her and Hendog, because he's staying on the DL. Of course, and... uh I'll end it on that. Um, I'll also end it on a vote for Mr. Shellius. <laughs> All right, Dr. Lehman, what do you have for us this week? Well, it's cold and flu season, so I thought we'd get kind of a cold and flu joke here. Uh-huh. Uh, I know sometimes it's it's not a joke, but uh, yeah. anyways, this hearse was going up a hill, mm-hmm. and the back end of the hearse flew open, and this coffin goes rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the hill was his pharmacy, and the coffin goes through the front window of the pharmacy, hits the front counter, pop the coffin pops open, the dead person sits up and says, do you have anything to stop this coffin? <laughs> there we go. All right, you have it. Thank you, Dr. Lehman. All right, thanks for tuning in for week two of the StarCast. I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back again next week with some uh, exciting stuff. We've got a lot planned. Thank you. Signing off, Jaqualis.